You're listening to Hainai by Motsi Dapul. Episode 2.5. Remind me to tell you later. Chanak. Okay, so should I be sitting down for this, or... Whatever makes you comfortable, Mr. Manly Detective. Just as long as this story doesn't involve you murdering a baby back. We should be good. Nah, it's never actually a real baby. Anymore. Ominous? Now shush. Let me tell you the tale of the Chanak by the mountain. I'd been visiting my Lola, that's grandmother, at her home in Batangas. She lived right at the foot of a mountain at the edge of her barangay, a village or small town. And she was seen as a place's healer, supplementing the work done by the one local clinic that the place had. I grew up in the city, but my nanai, mom, made it a habit to visit my Lola every weekend. So I'd spend a lot of time over there in the barrio, kind of just wandering around while they caught up and talked shop. I remember one weekend, when I was seven years old, when my Lola seemed grimmer than usual, and there was a hush over the little town. We passed a local church where they were holding a funeral mass for a stillborn, and it wasn't hard to see why the atmosphere had shifted. My Lola, however, wasn't so much grieving the baby as the family was. She was more concerned by what might come later. I didn't know it then, because I was still too young in their minds to be included in adult conversations. It was explained to me not much later, as a matter of circumstance, more than their choice to initiate me into their work. The circumstances being... almost getting murdered by a baby. The thing you need to know about the Chanak that most Filipinos do, even ones not entrenched in the supernatural, is that the Chanak is essentially a man-eating monster disguising itself as a baby. Sometimes it's said to be the soul of a baby that was stillborn, and since the age of Catholicism, it's been used for abortion scare tactics, though it takes a lot more than that to make a real Chanak. What a Chanak is, regardless of its origins is a liar. It preys on our innate need to protect our young and thirsts for what it cannot have and will take before it is ever deserved. Warmth, safety, and life. At age seven, I didn't really know all that. I knew what a Chanak was well enough. Nana told me the tales before I fell asleep, and I was fascinated by them. <laughs> Terrified beyond life, and sneaking into a room to sleep beside her, sure, but fascinated. <laughs> I used to watch these grotty movies on local TV with terrible effects that somehow enhanced the experience of seeing a horrible, grotesque baby puppet crawl into frame on screen. That's the image in my head I had of what the Chanak might look like. But that wasn't it at all. At least, not at first. I don't remember why my Lola and Nana had to leave me alone that day. It must have been something important. They were in such a hurry. But I remember being alone when I heard it. The faint cry of a distressed baby. 
echoing across the clearing behind our house, right where the trees thickened into the rise of the mountain forest. It may not seem like it now, but back then, I wasn't thinking of the Chanak and its lies. There were so many other creatures to keep straight in my head, and I remember my Lola and Nanai talking about something entirely different the night before, when I had to disturb them to use the bathroom. Or maybe I don't... Memory's weird that young. Sometimes you just try to bridge the gaps to make sense of things, when maybe the reality was just that insensible. I did remember to bring a bolo, though. I wasn't stupid. A tiny child making her way across an empty yard with an old but sharpened blade in one hand, it <laughs> must have been a sight. When I heard the crying, I almost knew what I'd find there. And I almost turned back. Almost. Maybe I should have. But with everything that happened after, I don't know that that would have been better. Safer, maybe, but I don't know. I imagined the baby lying in the closed casket, being buried before it could ever really live with a family that wanted it, and for the briefest moment, wondered how I'd feel if there was the smallest chance that there was something that needed my help that I'd be abandoning if I walked away. So, I didn't, even knowing that it was probably a trick. So I walked into the copse of trees, right behind my Lola's house at the foot of the mountain. It was like walking into another world. The sunlight seemed to fade, but for the little rays that peeked between the rustling leaves and I saw the balete tree and its strange, heavy vines weighing itself down, and I saw the bundle resting at the foot of its old roots. For a second, I really thought someone had left a child there. It was convincing enough that I came closer, watching the chubby little hand reach out and hearing the cries of a hungry baby's distress. And then, it shifted. Like a broken voice box, the cries of a child, slowing into something infinitely more sinister. I knew right then what I'd gotten into, and I felt like I couldn't run. So I just clenched the handle of my bolo, tight with both hands, and waited for its first move. It was quick. <laughs> too quick for me to make a move before I felt its long, clawed hand catch me by the leg, dragging me into the dirt. I remember seeing its bloodshot eyes and all its sharp teeth, mouth open wide, letting out the horrific half-child sounds it was no longer interested in making convincing. I remember screaming, kicking at its face. I remember the crunch of a lucky shot that made it loosen its grip on me as I ran fast as I could in the direction of my Lola's house. But when I turned the corner, all I saw was more forest. My nana had told me stories about this too. I knew what I had to do, but I couldn't stop to do it while the little monster was nipping at my heels, so I had to keep running. I don't remember how long I ran before I eventually 
round the balletta tree and looked up, saw the dark figure sitting in its branches, smoking sedately on an enormous rolled cigar. I was frozen in place as it looked at me with its red eyes, the tip of its cigar lighting up like fireflies in the night. I could hear laughter like a baby's, and the sinister chant of an old children's game as the Chanach neared me, knowing it had me cornered. I whispered my respects to the figure above my head. I hurriedly tugged my t-shirt off and turned it inside out just as the Chanach rounded the corner. And when it saw me, my shirt about halfway down my head, worn the wrong way, my hair all a mess, it started laughing. It laughed so hard it fell on its back and rolled in the dirt, and I ran right by it. Thankful my nana had taught me everything I needed to know, not realizing how soon I'd need to know it. When I turned the corner once again, I saw my Lola's house, and her and Nanai on the back porch calling my name. When they saw me, and realized what I did, my Nanai smacked me on the arm for being so careless. <laughs> the whole time I was being chased by an actual child-eating monster, I didn't even think to cry, but boy did I cry when I realized I was in trouble. Nanai calmed me down when she got me into the bath, brushed my hair right after. Lola had gone to fetch the ball that I dropped, uh, sometime when I was running away, and when I came downstairs, she was cleaning it at the tap right outside the door to the backyard. It was clear she'd made a good use out of it. They had a discussion that very night. I only remember bits of it, a little about the monster they themselves had to face, and the one I, by my own folly, encountered and they began to teach me all about their craft the very next day. And that's a story. Huh. What's with the tone? Nothing, nothing. Uh, I was just curious how someone like you could happen. H happen? You know, the duppy dem business. Uh, the, huh? The supernatural stuff. I guess it runs in the family. Something like that. You gotta teach me some of that. Might be useful next time. <laughs> Not so easy as teaching, but... I can at least promise I'll have your back. Since you've got mine. Great. Great. You're listening to Hainai by Motsi Dapul. Hey, this is Reg Helly, co-creator and co-producer of Hainai. Hainai is a podcast produced by Motsi Dapple and me and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was written and directed by Motsi Dapple, who also plays the role of Mary Datuin. The role of Donner was played by Leon Johnson.
So, remember in episode 2 how Mary told Donner to just remind her to tell him later about the murderous baby incident? Well, she does that a lot. Casually mention a near-death experience, then promise to talk about it later, I mean. And you can hear those follow-up stories in our new Patreon slash coffee-exclusive miniseries called Remind Me to Tell You Later. What you just listened to was the first episode. We're posting it for free so you know what you're getting when you subscribe to our support channels. To get more episodes like this on top of other exclusive content, you can buy us a milk tea at coffee or subscribe to our coffee gold at coffee.com slash hainaipod. That's ko-fi.com slash hainaipod. Or you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash hainaipod. We've also launched our Redbubble store for official Hainai merchandise, and you can check this out at redbubble.com slash people slash hainaipod. Thanks for listening.